Fellow travellers and welcome to podcast 115 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Simon Calder. And me, Mick Webb. Today's topic is the um, ups and downs of travel reporting. Uh, These, of course, are mainly to do with Simon's uh, ups and downs because I'm sorry to say I haven't been anywhere much. Um, However, I was... um, Delighted to receive uh, at the beginning of the week um, the following um, communication from Simon. Nick, what a magnificent meal with a view I am enjoying. It's the first day of June and the time locally here is oh, 8.35 and train emblazoned National Express has just drawn in to the Hauptbahnhof, the main station here in Cologne. What catches the eye from where I am, which is two floors up in the Commerce Hotel, just looking across to the vast station, isn't actually the comings and goings of the train. It is the magnificent cathedral, which is just soaring to the heavens. But anybody like me and you, is going to be even more excited about the deal of the century for the railways. This is the nine euro go anywhere you like in the whole of Germany by train, by tram, by bus, by U-Bahn. Um, and that's going to cost you a grand total of nine euros. And to give you some idea of what that uh, translates as, you could take a train from Bristol to Bath. It will take 11 minutes and that will cost you £8.70. But if you prefer, just spend £1 less and you will be able to travel the length and breadth of Germany for an entire month. Clearly, it's just about worth it for my journey here from the airport. I took advantage of this within a couple of hours of it uh, opening up to the world. Really easy to buy. I just got it on the uh, app and you just show that everywhere. Um, Terms, as you would imagine, and conditions apply, but that simply means that you can't catch that gleaming ICE Intercity Express train, which I understand is going to be setting off from the far platform to Berlin sometime soon. However, uh, you can catch pretty much everything else that moves. And to give you a picture, to get from here to Berlin, with an express is going to take you, I think, just shy of five hours. Um, going by rail using this deal will take you nearer to nine euros, um, uh, nine hours. Nine euros is the price, of course, um, and you'll change about three times along the way. But if you're not in too much of a hurry and you want to see some interesting um, German towns and cities along the way, it is just the thing for you. It's a kind of Germany-only interrail that is going to, they hope, incentivise many Germans and indeed visitors to return to the trains after the Covid pandemic. Well, I've got a couple of questions arising from that, Simon. Uh, First of all, what was the actual meal you were having with your view? Yes, that was just a standard hotel breakfast so from memory it had uh, well you know usual german ham and uh, cheese and a bit of pickle actually very nice gherkin um a, a ludicrously extensive range of teas none of which were remotely satisfying but uh, the view was most it was, was just so grand and this was just a hotel i found randomly 
I didn't actually book it till I took off from Stansted um, because I was so convinced something would go wrong. And it turned out to be um, uh, 30 yards from the, uh, uh, the the platform where I got dropped off from the uh, airport. And um, I would strongly recommend the Hotel Commerce for all your uh, breakfast and uh, train needs next time you're in the fine city of Cologne. Now, um, you have obviously moved on since then, taking full advantage, I presume, of your nine euro ticket. So uh, where are you now? I'm in Flensburg now. I've just walked through Carlisle Park and that gives you a bit of a clue, Mick. Yes, it's one of our uh, twin towns. Um, uh, Flensburg is the northernmost town in Germany, uh, more of a city actually, and there's a beautiful uh, Hauptstrasse, a main street, which is pedestrianised, full of people today, um, lovely gabled brick buildings, um, cafes and so on, which I'd love to sit down at, but I've got a train to catch, and uh, a joyful place, although very much um, uh, colder and uh, I'd say cloudier than, um, than the southern parts of, of Germany. But uh, what an adventure it has been and um, how lovely to be here. But before we hear more about your nine euro adventure, um, I'd just like to mention uh, one tweet which has been sent to our Twitter account at You Should Have BT by friend of the programme, Linda WS. Uh, she was picking up on the interview that we did with uh, Mark van Honecker about his book, Imagine a City, a pilot's view from above and also ground level of the many cities in the world that he's visited. And Linda said, fantastic interview, looking forward to book. And then she asks Mark a question. Have you taken some break time to fly Harbour Air Limited from Comox, BC, that's British Columbia, skimming Howe Sound at 5,000 feet? exquisite when Vancouver appears. You pull up at the dock and walk to Vancouver Hotel. Thrilling flying. Um, now, Mark then responds, thanks, I've seen those seaplanes there often. Um, so presumably this is a very exciting seaplane um, uh, trip. And have you actually been on a seaplane, Simon? I have. And this was 20, 25 years ago when Air Canada uh, Regional, it's, it's kind of... Um, uh, local offshoot had a fantastic uh, air pass where you could travel all the way across I think from St John's in Newfoundland to Vancouver Island um, but hopping you know a couple of hundred miles at a time and the absolute climax is yes this link uh, the one I flew in was actually a seaplane from uh, Vancouver Harbour and it is right in the middle of the city and it goes to the harbour at Victoria uh, the capital of uh, British Columbia on Vancouver Island. Um, sorry, there's all these Vancouver's <laughs> and Victorias, but uh, that's what uh, that's what it's like out there. Um, and it was a great experience. I would strongly recommend it. But I imagine it's probably I don't know the equivalent of about hundred quid each way. Um, and there's that uh, most people therefore get the bus and the ferry. If it with it was wrapped into the air pass, so that was uh, that was all great. And the weird thing is. You've got these pilots and, of course, you're all crammed into this tiny plane and they're talking um, in GMT uh, because that's the international uh, time scale of for pilots, as Mark knows better than anybody. Um, and so, so there you are. It's a bright, sunny morning and they're saying, uh, yeah, we're taking off at uh, 1600. 
you're thinking what anyway uh, i would strongly recommend it and it's also a good spectator sport whether you're in um, uh, vancouver or on vancouver island oh well that does sound fun i mean i've only been on a on a seaplane or a float plane once and i must say that both the takeoffs and the landings were just absolutely fantastic fun mine was one that you probably can't do um as a uh, as, as a tourist and traveler and it was connected with work but it was on the river marañon oh. uh, in in um, in in deepest peru and i was with another right. journalist and we were yes. trying to get up the river marañon to uh, interview the very first elected politician in Peru who came from a, a, an indigenous community which was actually based up the river Marañón and it was um, pretty well impossible to get to by road so we um, we hired a um, a float plane and uh, and a pilot I'm glad to say and what an exciting thing it was the only problem was that the um, the clouds came down on the river uh, and uh, we and on our route there was a thing called a pongo and a pongo in um, uh, South American Spanish means a canyon uh, and we couldn't get up above the canyon oh, no. so we had to fly through it but in fact um, our, our pilot said um, uh, there were <laughs> there was so little uh, leeway uh, there was so little room between the, t- the wingtips no. and the uh, and and the pongo, um, and we couldn't fly over the top because of the clouds. That we actually had to abort our mission and spend the night instead um, with some Norwegian missionaries. Uh, but it was all it was all very good fun, and uh, I made the acquaintance of a parrot um, that could sing hymns oh, no. in <laughs> in Spanish, Norwegian, and English, and it sang. As you um, do, it sang. I think it was yes. a, 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 um, a hymn called uh, "Lead On, Kindly Light." Yes, um, a, pretty, a, a pretty Polly, as in polyglot. <laughs> I think is the only uh, uh, description for that, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And health and safety, I think, would probably put a stop to many of the things you did when you were roaming around Latin America. And uh, certainly we caught the um, the third most dangerous uh, flight to the third most dangerous airport in um, uh, oh, good Colombia, yes. didn't we? That's right. When yes. I'd much rather we had floats on the plane and had landed on the sea rather than uh, <laughs> that um, dreadful approach to Capurgana. When the pilots, there were two of them, weren't they? And I think they were Canadian, actually. One of them turned to the half dozen terrified passengers in the back and said, um, folks, um, <laughs> uh, it might seem as though I'm, going, I'm flying straight at a vertical wall of rock. Um, and in fact, I am. But don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to turn before we hit it. And it was absolutely astounding, wasn't it? Uh, uh, astoundingly terrifying. Yes. Uh, but but uh, yeah, the equivalent of a kind of three-point turn, I would guess. Um, I'm just going to have to ask directions here. Um, in Schellingenbitter, uh, the Bahnhof. Bahnhof. Straight, ah, straight through. Danke yes. schön. Very nice dog, too. Thank you. Uh, sorry about that, Mick. Um, uh, I'm uh, wandering as I go because I have a train to catch, and uh, um, there we are. It's uh, I'm now now set on the right course. Right on the right course for the Barnhof. Let me ask you then, uh, at this moment, where else you have been? Which other Barnhofs you've called in at on your nine euro ticket? Oh, well, it began with an incredibly expensive and delayed flight on Ryanair, um, both of which were annoying, but I got to Cologne and that's where I woke up. Um, and 
So first stop, Wuppertal. Now, Wuppertal is not as celebrated as, I don't know, Cologne or uh, Munich or Berlin or Hamburg, but uh, it has got some extraordinary attractions. About 30 miles uh, east of both uh, Cologne and Dusseldorf, so it's a 45-minute journey on those um, almost free trains. And at the Hauptbahnhof, uh, you walk out of the main station and you see an extraordinary thing, the dangling tram of <laughs> Wuppertal. This is the Schwebebahn and it's effectively an upside down monorail. What an astonishing design. 1901 it was built and imagine 1901. A, yes, but it sounds but like something was, out of um, a, a Florida theme park. It, that's exactly what it is actually. It, it, yes, they they uh, I'm sure Disney will have had a look at the uh, Schwebebahn <laughs> of Wuppertal. So, Wuppertal is a funny old uh, place because it's part of the kind of Ruhr industrial complex or post-industrial complex as it is now. And it's built along a valley, a very narrow valley, um, with a river in it. And having a river in it makes it quite difficult to build public transport. So they've, they've um, effectively built a great long arch, uh, a whole series of arches all the way along with a steel uh, bar running the length of the valley from which dangle these trams. And when you're in them, they just sort of seem just like normal trams until you get to a curve, of which there's a number, at which point they, they kind of shoot off like a theme park ride. And um, it's really exciting. It's really uh, a fantastic piece of um, industrial archaeology. And it's also an important part of the uh, uh, public transport network and covered by your nine euro pass. Presumably, you get great views from there. Talking of views from, we've had many things with views, but uh, plates with views, rooms with views, but we haven't had upside down trams with a view before. Yep, yeah, yeah. Always just make sure you get on at the absolute back because uh, that has just um, glass looking out the way you came over this uh, amazing river. And um, it's a sort of location, it's just utterly bizarre um it 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 feels like something like an evolutionary cul-de-sac as though you know in the 1960s this was how the uh how the world was going to look in the future but only Wuppertal got there however and I discovered this later on my uh, nine euro tour Dusseldorf airport has a homage to it the link between the main railway station and the airport is a dangling upside down tram. It's only about uh, a mile long, so it's nothing like the scale of the Schreberbahn. But um, those are the only two that I know of anywhere in the world, and they are both marvellous. Well, this really is in keeping with our ups and downs of a, of, uh, of a travel journalist. You must send us a photograph of it. Um, now, I, I wanted to ask you, given that uh, we're accustomed to you being a pioneer of um, matters travel these days. Um, are you the only person uh, who's taking advantage of this nine euro uh, deal? I'm not. Um, the uh, Nikki Gardner and uh, Su Susanna Kreese, who we've talked to, the editors of um, uh, Europe by Rail, they are very enthusiastic, but they're over the far side of Germany in 
Berlin. However, uh, it has caused enormous excitement among a British fraternity of Germany-loving rail fans, um, one of whom I met uh, at Wuppertal's main station. This is Howell Jones. It's, it's jaw-dropping, really. It's, yeah, too, too good to be true. They released the news, yeah, from memory a week, two weeks ago. And I, I basically was waiting to see if it would happen. And yeah, went, went to the office, yeah, about a week ago. And yeah, the posters were there. Are you going to take advantage of it? I am, yeah. I have it. Um, my wife got tickets for herself and our children a couple of days ago. My parents are coming in from the UK next week, as is my mother-in-law from the States. They've got it. Um, but the problem is, like, I was on the train now and sitting next to a guy talking to his mother. And he's already planning these grand trips to Berlin, to Lake Constance. And they're like, yeah, it's going to take five, six stops. But yeah, I'm going to go for it. So, yeah, I think that, that could be the one drawback is that there's yeah. just so many people on it that it'll just be unpleasant to travel on some of the routes. It'll just be, you know, standing room only. Do you think Howell's concern about uh, this special offer um, getting a bit too crowded for comfort uh, is, 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 is one to worry about? I think there will be pressure at a particular weekends um, because uh, if you are determined, uh, it's a really good way of traveling ultra long distances. You will know that Germany has, of course, fantastic um, intercity express trains, which are uh, generally pretty expensive, but very good. Um, and this allows you to cross the country effectively once you pay for it. And it, you, you kind of get all the value from it from the, your very first ride. So everything after that is free. In fact, you can travel from Cologne in the west all the way across to, well, actually Salzburg in Austria, because there's a German rail connection there. It's going to take you the best part of a day and possibly a night and you'll probably have to change about three or four times along the way but uh, you will get there and uh, so the I think the intercity expresses will tend to empty and you might find very large migrations of people going to see loved ones of course um, it, this is a great opportunity to uh, uh, get out and see people uh, we'll, we'll sort of see how it develops but this deal remember is not just for June, it's also for July and August. So you've got time to plan. And I'll tell you what, I've also been on non-pass trains. Um, ah. If I may explain, Mick, here's what happened. So after I uh, had, been, had all the wonders of Wuppertal, uh, I was in Dusseldorf. All the trains were just in total meltdown. I had to get across to uh, Minster. That was my destination that train was um, abruptly and very rudely cancelled I then uh, limited my horizons to Dortmund got on a local train which took forever and we were at this intermediate station of Essen and they had suddenly announced that the late running Thales train was coming in and going to Dortmund and by this stage Dortmund was still an hour away on my train and 20 minutes away on this express so I ran across second I buy a ticket on board they said, yeah, yes, you can get on quick. So I did. And for a 20 minute ride, I thought, oh, yeah, maybe it would be um, 10 quid or something. But no, 29 euros they wanted um, until their onboard super duper um, 
credit card machine didn't work and they had to let me off. <laughs> well, that... uh, but do not try this at home. It, it was, um, yes, I was, I was very lucky in that. Well, in some ways, it's quite reassuring to hear that there's uh, some kind of transport um, chaos in Germany, but presumably it doesn't compare with the mayhem which you've been dealing with or which you were dealing with before you uh, went off on your jaunt. Uh, it's just awful. Yes. Um, where are we? British Airways at Heathrow cancelling over 120 flights a day on average. EasyJet cancelling about 40 in and out of Gatwick, including some at sort of two hours notice, which is really upsetting and stressful and expensive for people. And then TUI saying, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, you've, you've gone. You've gone. You, Hello. I've lost you again. Yeah, uh, Mick, I'm just, um, I am having to walk to my train because, because that's leaving in a couple of minutes and um, I can't not be on it. And I'm in an underpass at the moment, which I've got to be. Um, and I will uh, re-emerge in a minute and I will be uh, back with you, but it's still recording. Um, and this is uh, one of the, uh, the hazards of travel reporting while on the move. So... A uh, very handsome old border station, I think. Um, and there's the uh, train leaving in about uh, two minutes. So, Mick, are you back with me yet? And then there's TUI, the uh, biggest holiday company in Britain. And what they're doing is really uh, uh, tricky. They decided we can't run our full operation from Manchester Airport. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm just helping a lady here. Uh, uh, where are you going? to? Paderborn. Paderborn, yes, yeah. on this yes, one. Yes, oh, yeah, okay. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm turning here, Mick, into a, um, a part-time um, station information officer, uh, which is a surprise. Um, then, of course, there's TUI, the uh, biggest holiday company in the UK, um, which has got a very interesting approach. Um, they had a dreadful meltdown at the start of the main half-term weekend. and um, at Oh, dear. At this point, the technical gremlins possibly in the pay of the UK's airline and uh, holiday companies, stepped in and put a stop to our connection with Simon as he crossed from Germany into Denmark. But, being the trooper that he is, he was soon back to resume the recent catalogue of holiday woes that have occupied most of his recent travel reporting. Next station, at Manchester Airport, TUI's problems continue to the point where the company biggest holiday firm in Britain has actually cancelled almost 200 departures between now and the end of June. That means 34,000 people just told, sorry, the holiday you booked isn't going ahead. And it's especially concerning when you get to, uh, to hear about stories of people who were actually sitting on planes waiting to go for hours and then finally told sometimes by the airport police sorry you're not going on holiday and that's continuing all the way through at uh, Gatwick airport uh, even on uh, Friday morning there were people turning up to go to Malpensa in Milan to go to Madrid oops your flight's not going from me um, on this uh, beautiful Danish train, a cut above the German variety. Um, thank you very much indeed for listening. You can contact us, of course, at you should have BT.
on Twitter, or why don't you leave us an audio message? And of course, the way to do this is to seek out anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there and follow the instructions. We'll be delighted to hear from you and hope as well that you'll join us next week in the quest to track down the slippery subject of psychogeography. Is this something that us travellers should know about? Or is it maybe a load of pretentious twaddle? Or perhaps a bit of both? Don't miss it anyway. But for now, from me, Simon Calder. And me, Mick Webb. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.